0: We all love to pour over our favorite fabrics and build up our fabric stashes with colors and designs we love. But when is the last time you really put a lot of thought into your batting? Do you get the same kind every time? Do you know which types of batting options you could be using for different projects? Well, today you are in store for a little batting education with expert Stephanie Hackney from Hobbs Bonded Fibers. Welcome to the Quilter on Fire podcast. It's the Quilter on Fire podcast, and I'm so glad you're here. For me, it's all about the story, and I love to share it with you to bring you more joy and less overwhelm in the quilting studio. So here we go. My special guest today is Stephanie Hackney, Director of Sales and Marketing for Hobbs Bonded Fibers. She is a brand professional known for her expertise on batting. She has lectured at many major quilt shows such as Quilt Market, Quilt Festival, Road to California, AQS Paducah, and so many more. She also delivers this great content to guilds and retail stores all over North America. She really has a passion for providing quilters with the info they need to choose the best batting for their quilted, sewn, and crafted projects. I've invited her twice to be a part of my lecture series, once in December featuring holiday projects, and once in January featuring everything you could ever want to know about batting. And I just can't get enough of this information, so I had to have her on the podcast. Stephanie, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It's always fun. Every time we've gotten together, it's been fun.
0: I know this information is so important for quilters because, you know, I think there was a huge period of time where I just blindly went and bought my 8020 and that's it. I didn't think about what type of project I was doing or anything. I just went ahead and got the usual thing that I was comfortable with and I loved. So, but before we get into all the details that we're going to talk about with batting today, I want to start by going a little bit back and getting into your story a little bit. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got into sewing and quilting? Well,
1: (laughs) it's a long and winding road. Uh, My mom always sewed. She made all of uh, her clothes, all of my clothes. She actually went to fashion design school in Paris. And so she is very gifted in that world. And as a kid, I just got constantly frustrated by sewing because she was so amazing and it seemed to come so naturally to her and it didn't for me. And I really didn't, I sewed off and on, not really seriously until I was much older. So I've had several different careers starting as a makeup artist who traveled a lot and then went into the high-tech industry and worked in that for many years. But creating has always been at my core and always the thing I wanted to do. And when Hobbs reached out and wanted me to come in and take this position. It was something that I'm super excited about getting the opportunity to do. So I do uh, mostly hand quilting, so English paper piecing. Actually, a couple members of my education team that traveled with me when we would go to quilt shows got me hooked on that. Um, And I do mean hooked. I'm completely addicted to doing that kind of project but I also like to do a lot of uh, personal items and gifts and things as well. And that could be anything from just sewn items to quilted items. And then of course, quilts and, and things for grandkids as well.
0: Oh, so let's get into a tidbit right away. So you love hand paper piecing. And so once you get that top together that you've spent so much time hand piecing, what kind of batting do you like to use for your hand quilted projects?
1: Well, I think it depends on the size of the pieces what you want to stand out and what you're making. So if you're making a wall hanging versus a table runner versus a quilt, they may be different types of batting right if you're if you're going to be doing something for the table let's say you're making placemats or table toppers or runners it's really important to use a lower loft batting especially if you're going to have food and drink around what you've made right because you want to make sure that it's not so puffy that when you set a glass with liquid in it <laughs> that it topples over yeah that's right um, and you and you also need to think about washability because yeah. things that are going to be around food and drink chances are they are eventually going to get spilled on you're going to need to wash them and warm water. And there are specific battings that are better for that. And then if you're making something like a bedspread, where do you live? Do you want to use it year round? How heavy do you like your bedspread? How important is the drape? And then when you're talking about something like a wall quilt, generally we want it to be very straight, to have some structure to it, to hang really nicely. And so there are specific battings we recommend for that.
0: I'm really excited about now that you mentioned wall hangings, I do a lot of art quilts. So I'm really excited to try silk batting. Actually, I have never tried that before. So you taught me about that for the first time and I can't wait to give it a try. So let's get back to a bit more about your story. Where are you in the world and have you lived all over the place? Or I
1: currently live in Austin, Texas, and the plant for Hobbs is in Waco, Texas. So it's about a hundred mile commute. I go in usually one or two days a week, but I tell people I'm from everywhere in know. Nowhere. I was a military brat, and we moved 22 times before I was 16, and I've moved at least 10 or 15 times since then. So, moving is a very normal thing for me. And I always joke with my husband that about every two years, I look at him and say,
0: "Okay, where are we going? <laughs> time to go." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. We already heard that you came from an other career path into quilting. So, how did you become such a batting expert? What made you so passionate about it?
1: Well, for me, anytime that I'm going to do something, um, especially something new, I try to learn as much as possible. I was very fortunate in that during the interview process with Hobbs, I had time to go out and do a lot of research and interview people and speak with store owners and quilters and long armors. And at the same time, we had a good education team that had been going around to the different quilt shows in the Hobbs booth, educating quilters, and they are all very talented, wonderful people who knew a lot about what they liked or didn't like about specific battings for different projects. Yeah. So I learned from them. I learned from all the different quilters that I've spoken to over the years. I've done a lot of research around fibers because I felt that It was really important for people to understand the fiber, not to just understand a specific batting because there are so many different options out there. We make 14 different battings. Well, you need to be able to narrow it down and eliminate some that may not be the best choice, get to the one or two or three that are going to be the great choice. So I did a lot of personal research around fibers, around characteristics of fibers. We also make clothing insulation and I was put in charge of creating the brand and the whole new kind of marketing delivery around that offering. And so I attended something called the Outdoor Retailer Show, and that was a whole different world in itself because people are creating products for use in outdoor garments. So that was where I learned a lot about wool and about what the characteristics are of wool and why you use it in different types of projects, specifically clothing, or if you're making quilts and things where you want some added warmth, but that still have breathability. So for me, it was just diving in, learning as much as I could, reaching out to everybody that I knew had information. And every Mm -hmm. single Guild lecture that I give, people ask questions. And sometimes they're really unique questions that we've not actually addressed before. That is how this lecture has become an hour and a half. Because when I first started giving it, it was 45 minutes. So it has grown over time based on what I've learned, based on additional things I think are important, based on questions.
0: And if you're sitting there listening right now and you're feeling a little twinge of envy because you missed the lecture, just connect with your local guild and make sure they have the information they need to connect with Stephanie and then book the lecture because it's such a valuable lecture. I was thrilled, actually. It was kind of neat to learn as a firefighter that Hobbes makes some of those fibers that go into firefighter clothing and things like that. So let's talk a little bit about the history of Hobbes. They've been around for a little more than a minute right so what's the story behind Hobbs
1: well so the company was founded in 1953 and Carrie Hobbs which is where the name comes from was the one who founded the company and then we made all sorts of different projects for all kinds of industries and then in 1978 we started making batting now the Hobbs family is a family of quilters So obviously, we want the quilts to look good and perform well, and we also want to make sure that they'll hold up over time. So that's the name Heirloom, our first product line. But really, the history is that this is a company that manufactures non-woven textiles or non-woven materials in the U.S., which is something that's a little bit unusual nowadays, not so much back when it was started. And it's grown over time and we continue to innovate and to look out into other industries to see where we might be able to offer products.
0: Yeah. So I want to get into a little bit about the lecture. And if, if you're thinking right now, well, gee, I don't belong to a guild, you can also approach probably your local quilt shop. There are other places that can have a virtual event. So tell us a little bit about, sort of give us an outline of what the lecture really covers.
1: Okay. So the lecture is an hour and a half long. There is no charge for it. Uh, We want to make sure that quilters have this information so that they can uh, achieve the best results. And you can reach out to me. We will share my contact information at the end of the podcast. And I provide the lecture for retailers for guilds, for long-arm groups, for membership organizations or quilting associations, even for associations like Quilt QuiltCon or the Modern Quilt Guild. But again, the goal is we want to provide this information free of charge to whoever is interested in it. Maybe you've got a really small guild and maybe you have two or three other guilds around you. Get together, pick dates that will work and send those to me and we'll get something lined up. So what will you learn? We are going to focus on the different fiber types and the characteristics of each. We talk about the different battings. We talk a little bit about bearding. And for anyone who doesn't know, bearding is when batting comes up through the surface of the fabric. Generally, that's going to be uh, in the stitch lines. So we tell you how to prevent that. And then if it happens to you, how to fix it lots of little tips and tricks. And again, what often happens is we're generally doing these via Zoom. People ask questions in the chat and sometimes those chat lead to additional information.
0: Yeah, it's so great. And we're going to hit probably at least two or three of those good tips today after the break. But I want everyone listening to know where can they sign up for your newsletter or your email list so that they get the Hobbs information they need. And if there's a big giveaway over the holidays or something, they can be hearing about that kind of thing.
1: So if you go to our website, which is hobbsbatting. Dot com, And if you go to the page on the very top, there's a uh, menu with a tab, and then you will see the newsletter sign up there. We really only send out emails when we have exciting news to share something like a new product, maybe mm-hmm. a new uh, version of a product, if we're going to be doing any kinds of fun events or giveaways. And then we do provide education through our website and on our blog. And so sometimes if we have a new post up, we'll send out uh, a quick reminder that that information is available.
0: So how has the last couple of years been strange for you? Like how has your lecturing shifted with the pandemic?
1: So, yeah, actually I traveled all over the world. We have customers all over the world. So I traveled internationally as well and up to Canada and then then all over the U S and It was 135 to 150 days a year that I was on the road. So I was very rarely in the office. And whenever I would come in, everybody would say, wow, what are you doing here? (laughs) So that's how unusual it was. And that is quite different than from today. So my last flight for business was in March of 20. And that was coming back from a customer event out in Oregon. And so that was my last flight for this. And ever since then, we've been doing the lectures either via virtual events that were being hosted online via independent platforms, anywhere from two to six times a week, and it's getting busier and busier. So yeah, it's been a real change, but I would say the upside to it is It's given me time to focus on some additional projects and things, new products, things that are really tough to do when you're on the road all the time.
0: Yeah. And so that leads right into my next question. Being a full-time professional and just being on Zoom all the time, teaching and speaking, are you actually finding time to quilt for yourself?
1: So this is funny because the the English paper piecing I did while I was on the road, I used to take my little kits with me and I would pop open my tray table on the flights and that's when I would do them. And then sometimes I do them when I'm waiting uh, for my hotel room to be ready, whatever it might be. And so I actually had a lot of time for that in transit. You know, you can only bring small projects with you, right? So you can do small things. So now I have the ability to do more larger things and have my sewing machine available obviously. And so I was able to do a little bit of creating around the
0: holidays.
1: Uh, We moved into a new home. So it was nice to be able to create a few new things for that.
0: Okay, so now I always love to imagine the space where people are working on their quilt projects. So, can you describe your studio for us? So, as
1: I mentioned, we have a new home. So, I actually was able to set it up from scratch. So, where I'm sitting right now, I'm actually sitting at a desk. I have a a desk that uh, is electric that moves up and down, which is great because I can work at it doing things like this, but also on my computer. But I have all of that on a movable riser. So, when I am not working, like usually on Fridays, If I don't have any lectures over the weekend, I will remove my work stuff and that actually becomes my sewing table. Because I wanted to make this a multi purpose room and I did not want to have to move furniture around to do that, I picked something that I knew I could use for both. And then to the right of me, I've got an island that was made with two IKEA units flipped on their sides with a tabletop. So I have a nice big cutting area. And then I am in the process of making an ironing surface uh, that is going to be. A board with kind of a a wool mat very much like the ironing mats a lot of us use covered with fabric and that will be made to the same size as a cutting surface so that I have a large ironing surface and everything is on wheels that was a key thing for me because I sometimes get bored with the way things are set up or my needs change. We just got settled in over the holidays and my focus was on the main area of the home. So now I'm doing the fun stuff, which is picking out what I want to decorate the walls with. So pieces of art and wall hangings, that type of thing.
0: Oh, that sounds like fun. Well, speaking of walls, what's on your design wall right now? What project are you currently working on?
1: I am working on some little gifts for friends, just oh. a way to stay in touch. So I've got a bunch of uh, Valentine's things stacked up on my uh, cutting table and I'm g- just going to be making some small gifts to send out to people.
0: Okay, that sounds great. Now our listeners will find everything we're talking about today on Hobbsbatting.com. They can explore mm-hmm. the website for all kinds of information and there's a huge selection of batting. So can you tell us about maybe the most popular products for quilters in particular?
1: So the Heirloom Premium 8020 is still our number one selling product. It is a great, all-around, very versatile batting that can be used for pretty much anything. It's probably the main reason why it's still so popular, even though we have all these other options. But I also think a lot of people started with that batting, got very comfortable with it. It really works well for so many different kinds of quilts. And so that's still a very popular batting. I would say next up would be our wool. The wool is very popular for show quilts, but also for throws and bedspreads, can even be used in clothing. And it is really desired for show quilts for two reasons. Number one, it's going to show off your piecing and your stitching, but number two, it does not have a memory for creases. Wool doesn't have a memory for creases. So when you use that in the top of your quilt, meaning that you have two layers of batting, wool being the top layer, you're going to find that it will keep the creases from settling in. Unlike cotton, which tends to hold on to creases. And then paired with that wool is generally going to be either the heirloom premium 8020 or the Tuscany cotton wool. Tuscany is our second product line. It was developed uh, specifically for independent quilt shops in online retailers, and that batting makes a great second bat or for use on its own. So if you want a super cuddly, soft quilt with a traditional wrinkled look, that is a really good batting to choose. And again, it can be paired with the wool, the wool being on top, the cotton wool underneath, and it will give you great definition to your work front and back of the quilt.
0: Yeah, I love that. A lot of people don't really think about using two layers of batting, but it just really makes things pop. I, I recently used cotton wool. I didn't use it myself, but I sent it, you sent it actually to my Mm -hmm. long arm quilter for a magazine quilt. And she thought it was like quilting on a dream. She really, really enjoyed using it. She'd never tried it before. So she really liked the Hobbs cotton wool. So can you tell us a little bit about the Supreme and the fusible batting strips?
1: Yeah. So the Tuscany Supreme unbleached cotton is one of our newest products. And it was developed because we had a lot of requests for a heavier or thicker cotton. Right. Our cottons have been traditionally very low loft, thinner cottons, and that's what's always been very popular with our client base. But after a couple of years of going to shows and at every show being asked again and again and again, is there any chance you guys will have a thicker, fluffier, softer cotton? We did eventually come out with that product. It's really caught on, it's become quite popular. It is extremely soft and cuddly. It will provide great loft. The fact that we don't needle punch it as heavily as we do our Normal cottons, which means that even when you heavily stitch that one, it doesn't get super stiff. So if anybody's ever made uh, a quilt with a lot of stitching and used cotton batting, you probably found that the that the quilt got quite stiff. That is because the cotton batting's already been needle punched. So with this newer cotton, we wanted to keep it super fluffy, and so we did a little bit less needle punching makes it a really tough uh, batting to make because you have to needle punch it enough to hold everything together. Not so much that it flattens and stiffens the fiber. Yeah. So it is perfect for things like any kind of quilt where you want a lot of loft and definition, any quilt, like an old style quilt. If you're redoing an older quilt, or maybe you have some unfinished quilt tops Uh, that were made with feed sack fabrics. This is a fantastic batting for that. It can also be used in home decor projects. So you can double it up uh, and then put a layer of poly over the top of it. And it provides great definition and it'll really feel nice and soft give a lot of padding. And you can also use it in personal items. So if you're making things like iPad cases, or maybe phone covers, or a little bag that you're going to put something delicate inside, it provides a lot of extra cushion. So should you drop that, it will provide some extra padding. And then for the fusible batting strips. So those are the heirloom fusible 8020 batting that we have cut into strips. They're two and a quarter inches wide, which are perfect for use with a two and a half inch jelly roll strip. And they are great for lots of different projects, things like jelly roll rugs, pop-up bins, bags, totes, straps, like purse straps, bag straps, even for sashing. But anytime that you're going to be making any project where you make tubes, meaning that you have a piece of fabric, a piece of the batting and you roll it around and then you zigzag stitch those tubes together. This is an ideal batting. Number one, it is not hundred percent cotton, so it won't pull apart or stretch or distort. So it keeps your project real nice and straight. Secondly, it is a nice durable batting. So it will really hold up over time. If it's a project that's not going to be washed, that fusing medium stays in there, which provides more structure. If you do wash it, it's not like it suddenly is going to cave in. It still provides structure, but it'll be a little bit softer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I love this. It comes in yardage as well, of course. And I'm really excited about trying that for my art quilting. Okay. So one thing I remember from the lecture that was really cool was like, as a firefighter, this is an important point for me. You mentioned something about putting batting in the microwave or not. Can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, so we do not recommend any of our battings be put in the microwave. Anytime that you're making something for the microwave, it needs to be 100% cotton. That means every component. So if you're making potato bags or microwave bowl covers, right, anything like that, The fabric, the thread, the batting, your tag, anything that is involved in that project needs to be 100% cotton. You don't ever want to put polyester in the microwave because chances are it will catch on fire. But we don't recommend any of our products be put in the microwave, and that is because there is always going to be a fire risk. Even products specifically made for the microwave, and there are some good ones on the market, they will say never put it in for more than two minutes at a time, never leave it unattended, never do more than eight minutes total. And that's because the, Structure of that fiber can change over time. And because you have it covered in fabric, you're not going to see that change. And even people that I know that make microwave bowls, bowl covers, or the koozies, as they call them, have told me that do them over and over and over with no problem. And then once in a while, they'll have an issue. So yeah. we just don't want people to have any issue with fire. And as a firefighter, I'm sure you, you understand <laughs> yeah. that. I was like,
0: I'm going to pick out that little tidbit and we're going to talk about that. That's great. Okay. So, I know that you go to all kinds of trade shows for Hobbs and you've been to Canada many times. So do you think that you'll be traveling in 2022 or you're not sure yet?
1: We are withholding that decision. We're choosing to focus our energy in some other directions. I do hope that the shows will continue. I do hope that we'll have an opportunity to participate in the future, maybe later in the year. It's where we all get to connect. It's where people get to learn. But I think most businesses, most teachers, most lecturers, We've all figured out a way to continue to provide what we provide via Zoom. And for us right now, that's probably how we'll continue.
0: Yeah. And I know that Hobbs does all kinds of wonderful sponsorships like sew-alongs, coat alongs magazine quilts. Can you tell us a little bit about those?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, for me, that is just a super fun part of the job, right? To be able to connect with creatives who are running those. And there have been many. I think we sponsored probably 30 or 40 of those last year. Most of them have been online via Instagram, where we are extremely active. I'm on there pretty much every day. And if anybody ever has questions, you're welcome to send me a direct message, send it to the Hobbs account. I will definitely answer it.
0: Yeah, that's so great. This next question, I love to ask everyone who I have. Have on my podcast and it, it really gets personal but i just love it what brings you joy creating Create. creating oh well, that's a great answer that really is good i mean i love that part too when you're in that creative zone right yeah
1: and and i think connecting with others so when you can do the creating while you're connecting with others i mean i just don't think there's anything better right i <laughs> think as people were sort of wired to be that way, to, yeah. to create and to whether that's art or sewing or quilts or paper crafts or whatever it might be, needle arts. And when you're able to do that with other people and connect over that commonality or that common interest, that that to me is true joy.
0: Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors, but when we come back, Stephanie's going to answer a mystery question. It's the most common question she gets, and it's the question you've probably asked yourself. We'll be right back. Northcott fabrics are famous to quilters for their Stonehenge and O Canada collections. Right here on this podcast, we give away fabric from Northcott collections, Banyan Boutiques, and Figo fabrics. Look for all of these at your local quilt shop, Northcott, cottons that feel like silk. Are you ready for some quilt destination travel? I'm guiding a tour of quilters to the Birmingham Festival of Quilts in England in August 2022, and another tour to Japan in November 2022 to experience a quilt show there as well. I'm so excited to get on the road and have some fun, and I'd love to have you join me. Go to quilteronfire.com slash events, or call Judy directly at Opulent Quilt Journeys at one 877 to find out more and book your trip today. And we're back. So let's dive into that mystery question. Take it away, Stephanie.
1: So the question we most often get asked is how do you tell the right and wrong side of batting? So here's the really good news if you're using Hobbs batting. There's no right or wrong sign.
0: (laughs) That is really
1: good news. The batting, the batting can be placed in either direction. We have one unique product that is a little bit different on one side than on the other, and that is our heirloom natural cotton with scrim. Hmm. The scrim is a stabilizing layer that's needle punched into one side of the cotton batting. And again, that could be placed up or down. I would say the majority of quilters use it with a scrim placed in a downward position, meaning towards the back of your quilt. But it's really a personal choice. And the best way for you to know which way you'd like to use it is to experiment with it. But again, for hops batting, at least no right or wrong sign.
0: Yeah. Okay. And while I have you here, I mean, I just can't resist. I want to dive into a couple more common batting questions. So do you recommend a certain stitch width?
1: We do for every single batting. Now that is not unique to Hobbs, right? Every batting manufacturer will give you a recommended stitch guideline for that batting. It is very important that you follow it. And I find most quilters don't. (laughs) So we're gonna remind you that it's very important that you follow that stitch guideline because that guideline is what ensures that your batting will, will remain stable and not migrate over time. If you're going to be tying a quilt, it's important that you go even tighter together on your stitches. So let's say that the uh, heirloom premium 8020, the stitch guideline is every four inches. If you're going to tie your quilt, I would recommend that you tie it every three inches, right? Because you don't have all those stitches within that three inch guideline there to anchor the batting in place, you want to make sure you're keeping everything anchored together. So you may want to go a little bit tighter if you're tying your quilt.
0: Yeah. And can they get that PDF that you have about the guidelines on your website?
1: They can. So the, that stitch guideline information, also the shrink rate of battings, which is really important, that is available on every package of batting. It's on the front of the package, and even with the Tuscany products where it's a paper insert inside the bag, it is on the front of the package because we feel that's an important decision-making criteria when you're picking batting. If you have a design that requires more open space, you may need to pick a different batting, one that allows you to go further apart with your stitches. So we have some that you can go up to eight or nine inches with them. And then you can also get that information from the chart on our website. So if you go to hobsbatting.com forward slash products, scroll down on the page, you'll see a grid chart. If you click on it, it'll pop open in a new window. You can save it or you can print it. You're welcome to share it. And that has that information for every product. In addition, on that product page, you'll see a directory of all the different products we make. Every single product has its own page. And on that page, again, you'll find that information. You'll find basically everything I talk about in the lecture in written form. So if you've listened to the lecture need a reminder, can't remember something, you can go back there for that information. And then if you scroll to the bottom of all those pages, you'll also find out every size that the specific battings come in.
0: Mm, Okay, good. Okay. And so this next question is a two part question, but I'm pretty sure it's a common question for you. Should you pre wash your batting? And should you wash your quilt when you're done making it?
1: Okay, pre wash batting. Absolutely not. Please do not pre-wash your batting. Okay. The way non-woven textiles are made is you're using loose fibers and you're putting them through a myriad of processes that bind and connect the fibers together. Needle punching is one one part of that process. And basically what we're doing is you're taking the fibers, you're putting them together like this, and you're locking them in place. When you pre-wash your batting, this is what's happening. You're pulling those fibers right back apart. You're destroying the integrity of the batting. All that work we put into making sure that batting holds up can be damaged by pre-washing the batting. Also, generally, if you throw it in a washing machine, when you pull it out, it's going to look like a strange alien creature. It will (laughs) not look anything like when you put it in there and it's impossible to get it spread out and normal looking. But again, the integrity of the batting gets destroyed during that process. So please do not pre-wash. Wash the battings.
0: Yeah. And once you have it stitched into a quilt, it's much more solid, right? So you can wash quilts.
1: Yeah. And so that is part of the reason that you have the stitch guideline, right? Because you've put the batting in, you've bound your quilt. Now you've washed your quilt. The stitching is holding all components of your quilt together, right? Your fabric and your batting and maybe other adornments that you've put on your quilt. And so then it's okay to wash it. All of our battings are machine washable. Some of them require cold water washing, Some of them are a little more delicate than others, but all of them can be machine washed once inside a quilt.
0: (laughs) And so one interesting little tidbit, if you want to know more about the composition of batting, Hobbs was on the show, How Is It Made? So tell us about that. Yeah.
1: So the How It's Made crew came down from Canada and they filmed in our plant. And at the time we were making a insulation for very high end outer garments like jackets. And it was made with buffalo fur. And so if you're curious about the process, you can watch that video. They do have a YouTube channel and you can look up Hobbs Bonded Fibers, which is the actual company name. I mean, you'll be able to see some footage from that. It gives you a rough idea of how batting is made.
0: Cool. I think that's really neat. We, we love those kind of shows because sometimes you just use things and you just don't realize how they're made. It's, it's great. Okay. So now the next thing we're going to do is the lightning round Robin. It's a rapid fire series of questions just for fun. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So what is your favorite notion?
1: Well, I I need to say batting because (laughs) batting is notion obviously but I would say you okay. know the clips that you use to hold things together those to me I've got little bowls of them everywhere and they're invaluable
0: wonder clips yeah okay and what is your personal favorite batting that you use most Oh,
1: that's like asking me to pick a favorite child. (laughs) (laughs) It depends on what I'm making, but I would say I'm an absolute fan of wool. Being in Texas, it gets really hot here for many months out of the year. And when you put wool into a quilt, you can use that quilt year round, even if you're in a hot and or humid climate. And then cotton wool, I love the softness, Um, silk, the drapeability, so again, they all have these amazing qualities and they provide the results you're after. I think if I were required to pick only one to use forever, it'd probably be the wall.
0: Okay. Who was your big creative inspiration in your life?
1: Probably my mom. Again, I I said that my mom's always sewn. She started sewing from the time she was a little girl. She taught me to crochet when I was eight. And we were always making and creating. And being a military brat, you don't have a lot of money. So my mom was hyper creative. She made everything. And I was actually recently talking with a very good friend who, who I consider family and I call her my aunt. And she said, your mom's house was always so impressive. We would walk in and we'd think, how on earth can she afford these things on a military salary? Well, it's because she made everything from from scratch, right? She would buy whatever fabrics there were. She cut apart things to make other things. And so I think for her, it was necessity as the mother of invention, right? Yeah. But it also gave her a lot of joy to create. And that has been a huge inspiration from the problem solving standpoint and from the just Just put your creativity out in the world and share it.
0: Okay. So going through the generations, I know you have kids and grandkids. So do any of them quilt or sew?
1: I've got a couple granddaughters who are interested in sewing. They haven't really taken to it. Wholeheartedly, I've got two kids and then two uh, stepkids and then all the grandkids. My two kids both sew amazingly well. They can make clothing with no pattern. They are both very gifted and talented in that area. They inherited that from both grandmothers. But the grandkids, the first thing they ask me anytime we're visiting, Grandma Steph, what are we going to make? That is their thing. They know that I'm the crafty grandma. And so anytime (laughs) we're going to get together, we're going to be making some things. So my hope is. When things calm down a little bit, that I'll be able to go and spend a couple of weeks with them and bring some sewing machines and teach them how to do things. Because I think if you learn that and you're exposed to creative endeavors a lot when you're a kid, it just becomes part of who you are. So that's a gift I hope to impart to them.
0: Oh, that's so sweet. Okay. What do you like to listen to while you're quilting? Books or podcasts or anything? You know, it
1: depends on what I'm working on. If it's something that needs a lot of focus, then it has to be just instrumental music because I find like if I'm listening to my favorite song, I'm singing along, I find my brain goes in (laughs) directions, you know, that then I'm not paying attention to what I'm doing. But if I'm making things for fun or or when I was making masks and I would mass produce them, so I cut out a lot of things and then I had them all lined up and I was doing them more production style. Then I like either really fast upbeat music and keep the energy high um, or to listen to podcasts.
0: Yeah. Okay, great. Is there a fun fact that quilters might not know about you? Oh,
1: there's probably a few that might surprise some people. So I used to do hair and makeup for heavy metal bands. Oh, cool. And I used to have the big metal hair. For anyone who knows me now, they look when they see those pictures, they're they're usually pretty shocked. Um, I went to trapeze school because that was something I wanted to learn how to do. And believe me, it is much harder than it looks. And I've ridden a motorcycle around the world. So not not all in one one go, but I've done a lot of traveling and my husband and I did a lot of it by motorcycle, either on or off-road. So oh, those cool. Probably
0: three things that people wouldn't guess. Those are very cool and unique, fun facts about you. That's awesome. Okay, so that was so fun. Thank you for enduring the lightning round. So we've mentioned the website, www.hobsbatting.com, where we can see everything Hobbs Bonded Fibers has to offer. But where's the best place for quilters to engage with Hobbs on social media?
1: Instagram would be the best channel. And our handle is at Hobbs Batting, all one word, all lowercase. And if you're going to share your quilts that are made with our batting, please um, tag that and also tag hashtag Hobbs Batting and Hobbs Inside. We'd love to see what quilters are making. We love to share those things. Oftentimes I'll reach out to you and ask what batting it is. So if you can actually put that in your post, that's helpful. And sometimes we will share those when we're doing roundups of certain products. So if you want to have your work shared um, through the Hobbs account, we would love to see you share.
0: Oh, that's great. Okay, so now it's time to outline the contest giveaway. So, Stephanie, can you walk us through the giveaway?
1: So what we're going to be giving away is we sent Brandy a set of our battings. So this is a 18-inch square sample of every batting that we make they're all connected together and there's a product sheet on there that tells you what each one is and what we might recommend them for. And one lucky quilter is going to get a chance to win that so that they can experiment with all the different battings and see how they perform and what they like and how they might want to use them in the future.
0: Yeah. And this is such a great prize because it's not generally available to the public and it gives you a chance to try everything and choose your best. I'm excited about this prize. I think it's such a great giveaway. So thank you so much. That's so generous. Okay. So Stephanie, as we wrap up, what do you want quilters to take away most from our conversation today?
1: That batting is something that should be thought about while you're thinking about creating your project, not as an afterthought. So just like needles and thread, batting is a really important component of your project, especially if you have a very specific outcome in mind. So get out there and learn about each of these elements again, thread needles and batting, and then try them out and just that way you'll know what you like.
0: Well, well, Stephanie, I have learned so much over the last few months, just going to your lectures and learning about batting. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. So that was my interview with Stephanie Hackney. It has been so great to feature such important information about batting three times over the last few months. I've learned so many key takeaways about batting, and I hope that you have too, like For Hobbs batting, there's no right or wrong side. That was important. I never knew that before. And I've realized that double-sided fusible batting and silk batting are products that I didn't even know about. And I can't wait to try them in my art quilting. So a big thank you to Stephanie and the team at Hobbs Bonded Fibers for getting quilters into the know about batting. Be sure to check out their website at www.hobbsbatting.com. Now, are you loving this podcast? Take a moment right now to think of a friend who might love it too. I'd be so thrilled if you would share this podcast or write a review on your podcast app. The kindest thing you can do to support a creator is to introduce them to your friends now it's time for the feature product of the week my most popular pattern glorious and free has sold over 2500 copies across canada it's the perfect gift for a soldier frontline worker and those who serve our country i sell the pattern in pdf or paper copy on my website and for a two dollar discount quilts of valor sells them as well and the proceeds go to charity and if you want a full quilt kit delivered right to your door go to quilteronfire.com to buy one today Thank you for listening to the Quilter on Fire podcast. Until next time, dream big and have fun in the studio with the Quilter on Fire.